The Evolved Succeed podcast, where founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and experts are interviewed to explore the link between personal and business success. We will also investigate and establish the need for ongoing personal development, accountability, and support. The objective is to inspire you, the audience, to be better in life and in business. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast. I am once again interviewing a previous guest to get their views on the COVID-19 crisis and how they're dealing with it both professionally and personally. Last week we heard from Mark Cribb, who is someone deeply involved in hospitality is being particularly hit hard at the moment. It was however refreshing to hear his optimism and practicality shine through during our conversation. Please do go listen to that podcast if you haven't yet done so. This week, I'm speaking to Matthew Barker of Barker Group. One of the many reasons I thought it'd be great to listen to is because in 2005, an electrical fire raised his factory to the ground. And yet through great resilience and fortitude, Matthew picked himself up and emerged from that devastation as a stronger and more successful individual. Clearly, I don't need to point out the parallels between Matthew's experience with the fire and perhaps what we're all going through at this moment in time. Fortunately, Matthew is still operating at the moment because his business is considered an essential service, but has been impacted greatly in a reduction in his level of sales. My hope is that Matthew's advice and perspective at this time will inspire you to keep your head up and keep pressing on while maintaining an unwavering view of better times to come in the months ahead. In this episode, Matthew gives his thoughts on the way the government is dealing with the crisis. I would hate to criticise the government. Crikey. I mean, I would uh, thank God it's not us having to organise this situation. I think it's an horrendous situation. I think relatively they've done an amazing job. I, I think it's the application of the systems they put in place is going to be the difficult bit. Reveals that his experience with the fire in 2005 taught him about reacting to COVID-19. When this situation started, I I kind of knew that uh, what we had to do was act exceptionally fast. And says that as hard as it gets right now is the time for entrepreneurs to get creative and look for new opportunities. There will be opportunities and there are opportunities and, and um, I think it's, it, it behoves all of us entrepreneurs to, to think that way and I, th- I know most do naturally anyway. Let's get on with the show. Welcome Matthew, um, you were a guest on the podcast at the start of this year, uh, clearly before we realised the impact that the coronavirus was going to have on the country and to business in general. So it's uh, great to have you back. Thank you. As you're running a dry cleaning as well as the laundry business, uh, clearly there's an element of your business that is retail. Therefore, wanted to get you back to hear of your own personal story and the business story in recent weeks. So I suppose you should start with that opening question. What effect has the coronavirus had on your business? 
Well, I, it's difficult to say we've been one of the lucky ones. Uh, I don't think anyone's lucky in this situation, but luckier than some in that we have been deemed to be a, a, a reasonably essential service. So in terms of our retail side of business, which was only uh, actually about 15% of our overall business, we have been allowed to carry on operating. It doesn't really mean a lot because actually there's no customers there out on the streets because no one's allowed to go out. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword in that we can operate, but we have no custom. But there is, having said that, there are uh, a few people who absolutely need the laundry service, which is essential uh, at this time. Um, so our shops have remained open, albeit uh, there is a cost to us for that, but it is providing service to people. But what we've done is mitigate uh, the situation as much as possible. Uh, so we are on reduced hours, we're on reduced opening times and trying to um, get customers into a routine of those reduced hours so that we can absolutely maximise the operating time as much as possible. Um, in terms of the rest of the business, which is laundry, uh, we, we have always specialised in uh, laundry to domestic customers. They still want that service, and it's very much um, a contactless service. It's, it's collection and delivery. So we've been incredibly lucky in that a core of our customers have we've retained, and we're we're continuing the service. Having said that, overall we are over fifty percent down on our overall revenue. Okay, so so there are, there is a reduction there in people using your services, and and that's a combination of the laundry and the dry cleaning, or predominantly the dry cleaning. Well, in terms of percentage of dry cleaning, that is down massively. I would say that's down about 80%. In terms of our laundry, uh, we were we were large and, and growing in London. And in fact, London, which has been the worst hit, uh, that flatlined for us. Uh, London completely stopped, uh, which represented a, a large percentage of our, our laundry. Um, so in laundry terms, uh, I would say we're about 50% down. In dry cleaning, 80% down. And did you see... You know, now when we look back in hindsight, we a lot of businesses that deal with uh, or operate in London or had customers in London will reflect that they saw a downturn probably two, three weeks before the rest of the country. Is that something you saw, Matthew? Uh, no, we didn't, actually. No, okay. I think it was very in line with us, although they were suffering the problem worse than us. The, the actual lockdown was only effective, um, in my experience, with and talking to my customers, only a few days before you know, the realisation of the situation hit us uh, down here uh, in the provinces. But when it did happen, it happened uh, quite thoroughly and quite effectively in London. Um, li literally nobody came out. The streets weren't very quiet. Uh, whereas life uh, in the provinces, and, and we were all aware of it down here, uh, carried on a little bit for a while before people realised that there really was a problem. Uh, so we, we we did, London was certainly was the first place uh, for us, but only by a matter of two or three days that we started to to see the work disappear. It's, um, I, I think we're very in, in line with London. I mean, the problem obviously is everywhere, but we caught up very quickly. I, I think uh, for a lot of our customers, we're much more commercial in London. And a lot of those customers, I think, in the early days, with none of us having any real experience of this situation, I do feel there was a sense of security in some businesses where they felt, okay, we're being told to shut down, we will shut down, protect our staff, and the government are going to look after us. What we've subsequently noticed, particularly in London, is a realisation within uh, those businesses that, in fact, 
the help really isn't there as much as we thought it was going to be and we've got to actually pick things up and um and start to mitigate the losses ourselves if we're not going to be completely protected in this situation which i i found interesting because having had some uh experience with disaster the first thing we did was actually start to mitigate our, our losses and absolutely protect the business so business in london has actually picked up and and we're finding now three to four weeks into the situation that we're starting to get a bit of growth okay that's interesting i mean is that because they're ignoring the self-isolation piece do you think and self-distancing or no i think it's because it's a it's a couple of things one is pressure from clients to have a, a laundry service particularly which for some people is an essential service um you know the whole hygiene element of it is very important um of course I think exceptionally important at this time uh, sorry, maybe overlooked by some people but actually it is it is um an essential for some people um and a lot of clients in london don't have the ability to do it themselves so they very much rely on uh, getting it done commercially so there was that uh, requirement of our customers from their customers uh, to provide the service um, also the fact that, as i said the realization that actually this could be longer than we thought it was going to be and we absolutely have to mitigate our losses we have to do something uh, to try and keep our businesses going as much as possible yeah, definitely. So what other operational changes have you made to the business? You've talked about the reduced opening hours, but also I assume within the laundry, you know, working at a, a two meter distance is a challenge because there's a lot of machinery in there and there's sort of a reduced amount of space. So how are you coping with that? There is, we, we have combated that actually because we, we do have half our workforce in our main factory is actually furloughed. Um, so we have very uh, we have half the the people, which means there is more space. We are we have installed very strict operating uh, rules for our staff. They're all in face masks, which we were able to manufacture ourselves, which is good. Fantastic. They do have to keep a minimum two meter distance, and in fact, um, most of our operating stations now are are more than two meters apart. So so we've managed that. Um, quite well it hasn't been too difficult um, where we do have to actually uh, which is very irritating for them where we have to manage them is when they're on breaks uh, because then they tend to mingle a bit more so um, so we're quite we're quite strict on it we have to be yeah I, I, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that that's one of the challenges isn't it is when you've got them actually operating and when you've got the teams operating with any business you've got a sense of control but that piece of social interaction that happens as they're coming yeah. in and out of the building or on breaks, is yeah, it's a challenge. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, very difficult. We're also very hot, obviously, on the cleanliness. Um, so uh, the hand washing, and and we employ one individual now just to clean um, any hard surfaces in the building, all the all the door handles, all the doors, uh, our canteen areas, and all the machinery. Uh, there's someone constantly cleaning, um, which is an essential. Yeah, I can understand that. I can see that. So what are your thoughts on how the government is dealing with this from a you know, helping business perspective? Do you think the reliefs and funding mechanisms and everything they're doing, the grants, are enough? Well, I I, I would hate to criticise the government. Crikey. I mean, I, I would uh, thank God it's not us having to organize this situation Absolutely. i think yeah. it's an horrendous situation i think relatively they've done an amazing job i, I think it's the application 
of the uh, systems they put in place is going to be the difficult bit. In terms of the uh, furlough, I, I think that's an amazing give, and I think that's an opportunity for many businesses to, to to carry on. Unfortunately, it could well be open to abuse, and I think, I think, and I fear they have largely underestimated how much it's it's mm. going to be taken Absolutely. up and the, the eventual cost of that. I think people have seen it as an opportunity, or, or initially, maybe they saw it as an opportunity to have a bit of a holiday. And I think business owners have woken up to the fact that actually uh, that they may not last through till they get a payment unless they actually do something and actually do something to try and create some revenue income. So, so that's going to be an interesting one. I, I, I think in terms of supporting businesses through to till they get their furlough payments i think that's a tricky one i think the government have uh, offered support and um i i hope they're putting and continuing to put more pressure on the banks to make that easier for businesses um certainly at this stage from my point of view i i will run out of cash before we are likely to get our furlough payment because another side of this is I'm concerned about my debtors. I'm concerned mm. about being paid through this period. Uh, so I'm concerned I will run out of cash. Um, I uh, have already put in place a significant overdraft facility to, to see us through this period, which obviously comes at a cost. In terms of uh, interest-free loans and guaranteed loans from the government, um, I don't believe that I'm eligible or, or i uh, we'll be able to get that at the moment. Um, I think they're putting more pressure on there, and we'll see how that opens up. You, you will know more about that than I, Warren. Yeah, say. well, I think we saw a lot of changes last week in terms of the business interruption loan scheme. So I think we are seeing where businesses, perhaps like yours, Matthew, would struggle to meet the criteria uh, and perhaps would be resistant about giving the significant level of personal guarantee that was required. That, that criteria has been relaxed and it is something I would say to everybody to go go and talk to your bank manager, you know, uh, make that application and see because there is no longer a requirement to show you've exploited or received every other form of funding app that is out there before you turn to that loan scheme. So something for you, Matthew, is maybe that's a more cost-effective way of funding you through this situation and this oh, crisis uh, rather, than, rather than the overdraft but absolutely. yeah I would, I would suggest go back and see it but i agree with you i think it'd be really hard and really unfair to criticize government i think and you know i think at least they've put the announcements out there of what support they are going to make available but there's clearly considerable detail that needs to follow and it's the timeliness of that that might then present some challenges for businesses and how they operate and how they fund, as you say, particularly this first wages uh, payment run uh, that for well for weekly paid will be coming up uh, imminently, uh, and for monthly paid at the end of April. Yeah. Yes, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. So, what kind of support? I mean, one of the things that is you know, great about your business—it's been in existence for a long time. You've got some great uh, customer relationships and some great relationships uh, with the public generally. What kind of support have you seen? from your clients and the public in general towards the business? Actually, fantastic. My clients had um, a large uh, proportion of them had expected us to stop our service. And finding out that we haven't has been, um, has been well, we've had all sorts of messages from our customers um, saying, you know, you're, you're the one glimmer of light in this whole dark episode and that sort of thing, which is rather nice that we're actually able to carry on delivering 
our service. We, we have a, an unintended consequence, I guess, is that in actual fact, we've started picking up new uh, new customers well because we're out there um, because we're able to deliver we've been getting a lot of recommendations from our existing customers and and it has proved quite good I mean it's not it's nowhere near enough to sort of cover our, our losses in the situation but um, it is you know it's, it's wonderful nonetheless so that so that's rather nice the customers are accepting it well which is great I think one of the things we are seeing is, you know, is everybody is being understanding. I think there is a sense of community spirit, both generally out there within the UK, but within the business community as well, where people are, we're seeing the best of people and people are trying to help each other. And long may that continue. Yeah. For those of you that listened to your story on the earlier podcast, and for the listeners that are listening and haven't heard that, it's a remarkable st- story and journey you've been on. What, those that have listened uh, or do go and listen will hear of that incredible resilience resilience you showed when your business was affected by that catastrophic fire at the laundry. And I just thought it would be worth just asking you to reflect on what lessons you would share with business owners out there who are perhaps facing a significant challenge in their business for the first time and you know, and how they could perhaps show that incredible resilience yeah. right now, because that's what we all need to do to get through the other side of this, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. I, I never thought uh, between 2005 when we had the catastrophic fire um, and now that I would actually uh, see the whole situation as being a great benefit to me but but in fact um, when this situation started I, I kind of knew that what we had to do was act exceptionally fast and uh, work towards mitigating our losses every day that you allow your business to lose money is going to cost you dearly in the long term. It compounds incredibly quickly. So we acted very, very quickly to um, uh, to stem the losses, uh, and I think that's that's absolutely the biggest lesson. The the other thing is that I, I've been able to uh, when you have a, a kind of disaster like this, a disaster happens to your business, which is really beyond your understanding of of you know what the what the next day is going to bring, let alone next year. It's really difficult to cope psychologically with that mm-hmm. and and make good decisions when this happened and I, I i don't want to sound blase about this at all because this is a, a horrendous event which we're going through it's it's and i wouldn't say it's a walk in the park for me but it's not as bad as the situation that i went through before i have no doubt that this is going to take us some time to come through and um it, it will take us probably years to resolve this situation. For most businesses, they will suffer much longer than they believe they are going to right now. So acting fast, um, I absolutely knew instinctively we had to do. So in the first week, we lost uh, 14,500. In the second week, 15,500. We're essentially in our third week of losses this week but we've brought that right down uh, with the things that we started doing a month ago um we are probably down to about a two thousand pound a week loss now and we are working hard towards getting to a break-even situation i think uh, by the end of this uh, we have no idea how long it's going to go on for but i think by the end of this uh, episode if i uh, if my company has lost a um, hundred thousand and we're a hundred thousand pounds worse off for this whole episode um i won't think that that's uh, on a two and a half million pound business i won't mm. think that that's too 
rough, really, considering the amount of people who have and are going to lose their businesses and lose a great deal. So I know it's a bit late to say it, but acting fast was the the biggest lesson that, that I could have given anyone and that I'd learned. Yeah, and I, I think that's it, isn't it? It's that react fast. I, and I think you're you're right. I like that, you know, the word you used was the compounding effect, is if yeah. you're not acting fast, then the problem is sort of growing and rolling and gaining momentum uh, quicker and quicker. And one of the things I think we're seeing a lot of experienced business owners do is get try to get to the point where their business is reshaped and reset for the short term into that break-even point. You know, and break-even probably does mean, as, as you say, a, a small element of loss. But how can they redefine their business to get to that point if they're able to operate? Clearly, we've seen some sectors like the hospitality, transport, tourism, you know, just, you know, lose everything overnight. And, but those businesses, I think, have needed to react quickly as well and, and you know, react and shut down all of their costs bases and centers to be able to rebuild once they can reopen. And one of the things I, I think I also would take from what you said, and it was something somebody said to me the other day was, this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And I've seen a lot of business owners actually start to react as if, well, I can, you know, with huge momentum, but are they going to be able to sustain that? And I just wondered what your thoughts are on that kind of, it's going to be a marathon and not a sprint, particularly, again, reflecting on, your rebuilding the story for your business and the success that you had going through that process? Yes, without a doubt. At this stage, we don't know how long uh, the uh, the lockdown is going to take. Um, the lockdown, uh, from my perspective, is going to be the short part of this whole journey, uh, the short elements of this whole journey. Our recovery is going to be the hard bit for businesses, and it's going to take a long time. It, it, we we have uh, you know not forgetting the fact that we we will come out of this and we will start to read our, uh, rebuild our businesses in a global recession. Um, we also have Brexit Brexit to go through, not breakfast Brexit to go through, um, which uh, so we, so we've got some real challenges ahead and it's not going to be easy. So we we we've got to build our strength right now while we can and and expect for it to be a long-term journey it's definitely going to be a marathon that's for sure no definitely i think you know a lot of us are forgetting we do have some of those challenges still to face don't we you know like brexit uh like the economy regaining momentum and actually i think you touched on it again earlier is the working capital effect this will have not just in the short term but you know we've all got clients that owe us money customers that owe us money and, and collecting those funds uh, may take longer and therefore may suck more cash from our business. And also as we ramp up our businesses, that also takes a level of capital and cash out of the uh, business, doesn't it? Because we are mm. paying our suppliers, we're paying our staff before perhaps we get receipt of those monies for those services as they're relaunched from our customers. Uh, and we've all got to think about that from a cash perspective as well, haven't we? Yeah. So... You talked on the original podcast about one of the ways that you distress is you know, holding a pint in your hand, uh, talking <laughs> to like-minded individuals. And uh, obviously, that's a challenge at the moment. So what are you doing at the moment to de-stress and kind of just rebase yourself when you're away from the business? 
it's really difficult. Actually, I, I, I'm, I'm not drinking at all. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm really pleased to say that um, actually my, my enjoying, enjoyment of a pint was actually about the social element of it. So being stuck at home, I'm not, um, I'm not drinking, actually. And, um, I, 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 Netflix is great, great release at the moment. <laughs> uh, but everything's starting to get rather bored, isn't it? My, my garden looks immaculate, I have to say, at the moment. Um, and uh, I've started on parts of the house. Uh, laziness Fantastic. does creep in at the weekend. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, keeping occupied is very important, um, isn't it? And and I kind of now, uh, the first three weeks of this episode was actually, I, I went through, although probably on, on the outside it, it wasn't showing, but, but we've all been through some, some quite high anxiety in the last few weeks. That has started to subside in in uh, the last uh, week or so, and my creativity is coming back, and I'm I'm actually starting to work on on other projects and, and try to find opportunities out of this situation. I, it's difficult; it's very difficult, but um, but there will be opportunities, and there are opportunities, and and um, I, I think it's it, it behoves all of us entrepreneurs to to think that way, and I th- I. I no, most do naturally anyway, um, but there will be opportunities, and um, we need to we need to you know have that mindset and be thinking about how we can get through this and how we can build on this and and, yeah. and get the economy going quicker. It's interesting in my notes of this discussion with you, Matthew. I knew I had that feeling you'd um, talk in that way and talk with that positivity. So, what ideas have you got, and what other ideas for services have you got for the future? Then, is there anything that you can share oh. with our listeners? Um, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to jump the gun on, on too many okay. things, but, uh, I, I've had for a long time, I've been, uh, because we do an awful lot of collection and delivery and we, we operate a, across a wide area. Um, I have been, uh, for a long time toying with how we can expand that element of our service and deliver more, uh, value to our clients. Um, it's been really difficult because it's about doing it in a, in a high quality way that doesn't detract from the service that we're providing. Um, we are specialists in our field and, uh, I don't want to detract from that either. However, this, this scenario that we're in, this episode that we're in actually gives us the opportunity to do things quicker that we wouldn't normally do. So, um, I am working on um, some ideas of, of services and products that we can actually deliver to our network, which um, uh, we, which you know have have great benefits to our clients uh, because we're sharing footprint in terms of delivery. Um, it's it's uh, environmentally friendly, um, uh, and um, well, watch this space. I suppose. Oh, okay, well, exciting. Think. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that that's a good. I mean, I I often say that that time away from the business is the time when you get creative, isn't it? So although we're all perhaps working in isolation or with reduced teams, I think you're right. The importance of some downtime at the weekend to recharge um, and to refresh ourselves would also give us all of the chance to uh, think of new ideas, be creative and, you know, come back with a vengeance to uh, a, a world that I think is, you know, we all agree is going to be different. And therefore, yeah. how are we going to reframe, reset our businesses to be relevant in that new world? And I think we all need to take time out to think about that. 
Can I just say as well, Warren, on that subject, I think there's an opportunity now. Uh, we are all surrounded with our, our friends in business who are going through exactly the same thing. It's a unique, I hate to say it's a unique opportunity, really, because it's an awful situation for us all. But it is a unique opportunity where we have friends around us who are in the same situation. We can share ideas and we can share opportunities. There may be ways that uh, people can help their friends in business. There may be ways of working together. Um, there are all sorts of opportunities, and it would be good for you know to expand on that kind of subject and for people to come up with ideas because um, there's an awful lot of opportunity out there. Um, it's yeah. just seeing it and grasping it. I think that, yeah, that sharing ideas, and we've also already seen some great collaboration happening, haven't we, uh, to help some of the frontline services, you know, local businesses getting together, uh, to support you know the frontline services and we're seeing that across the country nationally and I think one of the positivities that could come out of this is that we all learn to collaborate more uh, which reflects in what you're saying Matthew that we you know we learn to share we learn to just inform each other of what we're up to and you know use other people as a sounding board you know one of the things we've been doing clearly uh, we can't meet physically as the evolved peer groups but we've taken those from being a monthly physical meeting to a weekly online Zoom call. And to see the collaboration and the ideas sharing in that room is amazing. And, you know, as you say, people know each other, pick up the phone, talk to your friends in business and help and support each other. I think it's a really strong message, Matthew. Definitely one I'd yeah. recommend. So yeah. we also talk about on the original podcast, your, your views of ethical capitalism. And I, I just wondered if there was anything or any thoughts that you have around, you know, that subject of how business should be reacting and inputting into its community right now. Um, you talk about ethical capitalism being, you know, that corporate social responsibility, but done in the real yeah. world and done in the real way. Uh, what are your thoughts on that right now? Well, I I really hope I, th I think it's really difficult for a lot of people in business to see the wood from the trees at the moment, and um, it's not going to be front of their mind. But but I, I I really hope, like I was saying a minute ago, I really hope that elements of what I feel as eth ethical capitalism will come out of this. Um, our, our ability to work together to deliver um, the right thing and do some good, I hope, will come out of this ultimately. Um, it's going to take a long time, but I think customer, cu companies will be stronger in the long term. Um, and I, I, I hope that the spirit of uh, working together that is starting to come out of this uh, coronavirus situation will, will become more normal. Um, so I'm really hoping we'll have a, a, a faster um, entry to a more ethical way of operating as we go forward we'll see fantastic Matthew it's been great to speak to you I'll, ask, I'll leave with you with one final question what's your Netflix recommendation for those over the Easter period <laughs> uh, and, and beyond in the weekends that are going to take some time out and get some time in front of Netflix what would you recommend they watch Oh, crikey. I wish you'd give me some time to think about this. I'll tell you what um, I just finished watching, which I think is absolutely crazy. If you thought Americans were crazy beforehand, when you've seen this, uh, I mean, it's just something else. you probably know what I'm going to say to you. It's, it's the Tiger King. Essential watching if you want pure escapism and some complete nutcase Americans on your screen. <laughs> That's okay. the thing to watch. <laughs> I'll be watching it. Thank you, Matthew. It's been great to have okay. you back on the podcast. I wish you all the luck. 
uh, during this period of challenge within the business. Uh, you've got some great views and as ever, some uh, really perceptive views on how people should be approaching this. And I hope our listeners have really uh, enjoyed listening to you and your thoughts and ideas. So if they do want to reach out to you and um, maybe share some of their thoughts and ideas with you, how can they get hold of you, Matthew? Best thing is to e email me, um, matt, M-A-T-T, at barkergroup.info. Really happy to, um, really happy to uh, uh get to chat to anyone and um, if anyone wants some ideas or help or has got any ideas for me that would be good because i'm always trying to learn or my um office number which is 01202 brilliant thank you matthew it's like an old-fashioned ad that wasn't it it was <laughs>It was great talking to Matthew and I really loved what he had to say at the end about how the current situation presents us with a unique chance to have open conversations and share ideas with other business owners in our network, to work together, to collaborate, to achieve new things. There's no doubt that one of the positives with it we can clearly see coming from all of this is a greater sense of community and togetherness. And in my hope is that we carry that same spirit into both our personal and working lives once things have returned to relative normality. It's exactly on these principles of community and trust that Evolve was founded. And I really can't stress enough how eager we are to continue to support you and your businesses during this difficult time. Since this all started, we've been hosting weekly peer groups on Zoom. They're a fantastic way to connect with other business owners and like Matthew said, share ideas and just have good, honest conversations. These peer groups are continuing to grow and the benefits are being felt by everyone involved. I'd really love to see you there, so please do visit evolvemembers.com for more details. We've also created a special COVID-19 resource centre on the website that is open to all, so please do take a look. Inspire are also offering free webinars giving practical guidance on the financial support being provided by government and the loan schemes that are now available through 40 lenders nationally. Please do go to inspireaccountants.co.uk to register your interest. We've had a great response to our previous episode with Mark Cribb, so I'd like to thank all of you for your continued support and I'm really pleased to hear that these conversations are benefiting you. It really does add that extra bit of positivity to my day. That's it until next week. From myself and the Evolve team, please keep you and your family safe. Take care and thank you.